Good morning, church. How's everybody today? Hey, a couple of things before we get started with the message here today. Um, we had an awesome, awesome time here on Wednesday night. Uh, Erica came for the first time, and Erica had her shoulder healed. She wasn't able to lift it above here. There she is. There it goes. 100% healed. Jim was here. Jim had his back, uh, was out pain for four days, completely healed on Wednesday. Amen. Amen. God's doing amazing things. This morning as I sat on my patio and I prayed, I believe the Lord gave, the Lord gave me another word of knowledge. I believe that God wants to do something with eyes this morning. And so if you are here and you are believing for your eyes to be healed, I want you to stand to your feet right now. And whatever that means, is it specifically, is there anyone here who has a detached retina? Anyone here? Raise your hands. Detached retina. I heard that also, but it's just eyes in general. So there's a lot of people here with eyes. Some of you just have eyeglasses that you don't want to wear anymore. And God can do that. God will do that. We're believing that we will see that. And so that's fine. I'm, I, if I had glasses, I'd be standing. I am standing. Everyone that's, everyone that's around them, if you're around them, just lay a hand on them. If you're not standing... Lay a hand on someone, and we're just going to pray for eyes to be healed. We're going to release the healing of, healing power of God. It's here in the room. The presence of God is here in the room. It's tangible. You can taste it. You can touch it. You can feel it. And the healing power of God will just flow through this place. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the healing power of God to just flow through this place. God, for every eye to be healed, every eye healed in Jesus' name, every situation of every eye and every individual that's standing right now, God, healing flow in the name of Jesus. We command healing into these bodies right now in Jesus' name. Nearsightedness, gone in Jesus' name. Farsightedness, gone in Jesus' name. Glaucoma, gone in Jesus' name. Whatever it is that hinders sight, gone in Jesus' name. Healing flow, healing flow, healing flow, healing flow in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. Uh, second thing that the Lord spoke to me while we were in service here this morning is that there's, there's, uh, there's many of you, there, there's, there's multiples of you. I don't, I can, I don't know how many. Uh, but it was clear that it was more than one. And you're in a battle. You're in a, you're in a spiritual battle. And it feels to you that, like you're losing. And I just want to pray. I want to join my faith with yours. Because we're winning. It may look like we're losing on the outside. But we're winning. Jesus is victorious. Jesus fights for us. Jesus wars for us. And so I don't want anybody to stand for this one, but we're just gonna we're just gonna believe by faith. I know that there's three or four people in here at least that this is for. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those who are fighting these spiritual battles, Lord. God, we pray that the victory would be theirs. God, that they would step into a place of victory and that they would feel it, Lord. God, that they would step into a place of victory and they would see it, that they would sense it, that they would hear it. God, that everything in their spirit would tell them that they're walking a different path from this point forward. That Jesus, you come and fight for them in Jesus' name. Jesus, come and fight for us. Jesus, fight for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You got to know, the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That you got to know it. Write it. This is another scripture. You got to know it. Put it in your heart. Remember it. First John, I think it's chapter five. Greater four. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say it with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We have to know it. We have to not just know it. We have to believe it. We have to not just believe it. We have to do it. Something isn't true when we, when we think that it's true or when we believe that it's true. Some, we, something's true when we act as if it's true. Are we acting as if? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
Yeah. Stuff happens, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Stop. What do you think you're doing? Jesus. All bets are off. All bets are off. There has never been a battle. There has never been a battle that I've fought with Jesus that I've lost. Not one. Not one, because he's never lost. And so I tie myself to him. I tie myself to him. He's not getting away from me, and I can't get away from him. This is the way that it is. We're in covenant relationship. We have to remember, guys, I, I know I say this often, but we have to remember, darkness has no power over light. None. No power. No power. No power. If we were to turn all the lights out in here, and we were to block off the couple of windows that might light in a little bit of extra light, and this room was 100% completely dark, and we were to lit one candle, suddenly that one candle, that one little light would begin to dispel the darkness completely and entirely. Suddenly, with just one candle in this room, one candle, flamed this big, you would see the walls around you. You might miss the step here, but you missed the step here with the lights on. That one candle would begin to dispel all of the darkness in the room. Conversely, this room is complete, this room's full of light right now, but that closet over there in the back is completely dark. Now, if we were to open up that darkness and to let it out into the room, the light in this room's not affected. Jordan, get up and open that closet for me. Watch, pay attention. The darkness had no effect over the room. The light infected the darkness. This is who we are. This is the power of God on us. We are the light of the world. Darkness can do nothing to me. <laughs> I hear too often, and I hear it from certain preachers, pastors, about the battle that they fight, about the, the wars that they walk, about the, about the, the struggle. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> I know that it's there. I know that it's real. I, I know that it happens. And once in a while, I'll recognize like, oh, this is a struggle. This is a battle. But more often than not, I'm just flowing and I'm just going and I'm just in the joy of the Lord. And I'm just like, hey, oh, yeah, something happened back there. Whatever. God's got this. And he's greater. There's, there's, he's, he's never lost a battle. Come on. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Angelia. Wow. Well, I do have a message prepared this morning. And I don't know. We'll see. Pray for me. Pray for yourselves. Because there's 19 slides. And if you know anything, that, that means trouble. Because I'm normally like a three or four slide guy. And we go an hour. So what does 19 mean? I don't know. Pray for me. Hopefully we'll get through this quickly. We're kicking off a new series today. The series is entitled Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. And it comes from Galatians chapter 5. Who knows the fruits of the Spirit? Amen? Amen. All right. So today we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And then we're going to talk about the fruit of love. Today I specifically want to talk about the fruit of love. And as I've reviewed this, and as I've worked on this, as I set this up, I'm like, man, I think, fruit, I think love's the hardest one. It's why it's first, but it's the most necessary, and it's the most difficult to explain. So here's why we have 19 slides today. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. The, the fruit of the Spirit. Ah, let's just have some fun today, amen? If you can't have fun in the house of God, where are you going to have fun? Come on, we're going to have some fun today, so just, just enjoy yourselves. Uh, we're going to get, we're going to get, things are getting inside out today. My tailor is going to be mad at me, but that's okay. We're going rally style for a minute. We're going to go inside. There's a lion on the inside and we're letting him out. Come on. All right. So the Bible says, Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the spirit 
is love, joy, peace, kind, uh, long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. How many of you know these by heart? I'm going to take the scripture down for a second. How many can you say them? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right, so here's what, here's what happened. We went to a father-son retreat when the, when the boys were little, and they taught us a song. And I remember this scripture because they taught us a song. And so today, I'm going to teach all of you the song. Now, there's another scripture that I need somebody to make a song for because I can't remember it. And I need to remember. It's Philippians 4, 17, I think. It's, uh, but whatever things are good, whatever things are trustworthy, whatever things are praiseworthy, whatever things are, if anything is, and I can't remember the rest of it because it's really long and complex, just like this one. So somebody needs to write a song for that one so that I can remember that one like I remember this one. Now, get ready for the song. Here's the song. You ready? Uh, I don't remember who the guy was, but he was kind of a folk singer and he had a guitar. I can't do that, so we're not going to do that. But this is the tune. The tune was... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right. So now, all right, that's enough of the rally jacket. Thank you, dear. Now you're all going to sing it with me, all right? We're going to do it two times through, all right? You got the tune? Sing it with me. <laughs> All right, I'll slow it down a little bit. All right, you ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So as you go through the day today and that song comes back to you, just sing it. Sing it out loud. Let your family be a little bit annoyed. Why are you singing it again? It's okay. It's scripture. It heals. (laughs) It goes before Get this down in your spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. We need to remember scripture. We need to meditate upon scripture. We need to know it. We need to absorb it. We need to make make it part of who we are. We need to make it our reaction. We need to make it our reaction that when we hit a trial, our reaction is joy. Why? Because the word says so. Consider it. Act as if it's. Choose joy. When you come into various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must have its full work so it may be scriptural. Galatians. I want to go back, and I want to start in verse 16, and then I want to walk through the scripture, and I want to read, and I want you to notice a couple of things here, and I'll point them out as we go. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're walking with the Spirit of God, we're not going to satisfy the lust of the flesh. For the lust, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Self-control. Sometimes, guys, church, sometimes we just have to do something whether we want to do it or not. Sometimes we just have to do something even though it's uncomfortable. Sometimes we have to do something even though it's not pleasant in the moment so that we can reap the reward of what it's going to bring in our life. How many runners we have in here? Am I the only one? Who? Right there, Trish. Yeah, okay. Nobody else run over here, right there? Okay, yeah. People are pointing people out. This is beautiful. I love it. Family. (laughs) You know, I run. It's no secret. I've told you this before. I run. I run three miles. I do that two or three times a week, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. But I run. And... How, is it pleasant to run? Not really. My lungs burn. 
my muscles ache, I get sore, I go to the gym and I work out, and afterwards I can't walk down the stairs or up the stairs, and I'm walking up the stairs and I'm like, okay, we need help, we need help. Why do I do this? Why would I put myself through this? Those weights are very heavy. Why would you go and pick them up? Because there's a benefit that I get from exercise. There's a benefit that I get from exercise. There's a benefit that I get from disciplining my body. Paul says, I discipline my body that I can run the race. Now, I'm talking about physical things, but I'm talking about spiritual things. In the same way that we have to discipline our body and run the race to be able, you know, I, I don't know. The Lord told me years ago when I was landscaping, because ran, we ran our own business before I did this, uh, before I became a pastor. The Lord told me, you need, when you become a pastor, you're going to have to run every day. So I became a full-time pastor, and then guess what? I didn't run every day. So then at the end of the year, we were going to get health insurance. I've told this story before, but there's still mileage on it, so I'll tell it again. At the end of the year, we're going to get health insurance, and they're like, if you're healthy, you can get a discount. We're like, healthy discount, here we come. And I did my blood pressure, and it was 220 over 100, or 220 over 110. It was crazy. Yeah, I should have been, like, on the way to the hospital. People are like, are you all right? (laughs) And I was like, I've had six cups of coffee today, maybe eight. I had been sedentary. I hadn't been moving. I hadn't been working for almost a year. I just stopped, and I didn't do anything. And so my, my blood pressure went up. And so I started running. Or, I know diet, exercise, Elizabeth helped me with all this. Diet, exercise, did a change, blah, prayer, lots of prayer. And then finally, I got it all the way down to like, it was 120 over 85. They still want to put you on blood, blood pressure medication at that point. And so I'm like, no, we're going to run. I'm going to run, and I'm going to run, and I'm going to run, because that's what's going to bring it down. And sure enough, I kept running, kept running, kept running, kept getting prayer. And my blood pressure came down 120 over 80. Praise the Lord. There's an extra added other benefit that to this running thing that I wasn't aware that the Lord wanted me to do. I have to stand up here for 30 minutes every day, every Sunday, and talk. And I sometimes talk fast, and that's good for you because we won't be here as long. <laughs> you guys are great today. You guys are all in. And, but in order to do that, I've got to have breath. I've got to have lung capacity. And I wasn't having that. I was actually, there were times where I, was, I got up here and I spoke. And I was like, <gasps> in between, you didn't notice because I was really camouflaged it well. But I'm telling you, plus the worship. Do you see the way that I worship? I want to invite you into that process. Come on. When we worship, there is something that we break off in the spiritual realm. Worship is warfare. Worship is a weapon. And you need to be good at it. You need to elevate your worship. I don't know where it's at, but you need to just go to the next level. Maybe you sing quietly. Jesus, Jesus. you need to just up the volume maybe. You need to, maybe you need to move your feet a little bit. Maybe you need to wave your hands some more. Start to move more. Start to do more. Do something more in worship. Be expressive with it. Watch, watch this, watch, just watch. I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. <laughs> you want to join that family? <laughs> Anybody? I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. Who wants to join that family? I'm in, we're all in, we're all in. Well, what are you worshiping like? What are you telling the Lord? What are you telling the person next to you when you're worshiping and they see you worshiping? I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. Really? 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 Come on. At least tell your face that you're happy. At least let your face tell someone that, praise God. What? No, smile. Come on. People, sometimes I see people and they're dancing. They're like, no. You shouldn't look angry or like you're in pain when you're worshiping the Lord. No. No. Come on. Look like you're happy. It says David danced before the Lord with all of his might, with leaping and whirling and dancing. What was on the inside was coming out. He couldn't contain it. I feel that way sometimes. 
Where are we? I don't know. Good luck. Good luck. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't even know. Glory to God. It's all good. God is so good. God is so good. He has so much more in store. We have yet. We have just begun. We have just begun to touch the tip of what he wants to do. Uh, There is so much more uh, available in the spirit. We need to reach out by faith and begin to apprehend those things. So if you've got an old prophetic word, I want you to go home and I want you to pull it out and I want you to dust it off and I want you to go and just begin to read over that prophetic word again. Maybe you didn't get a prophetic word when Charlie came this year, but maybe you got one last year or the year before, the year before that. You go, you pull out that prophetic word and you start praying over it and you start praying over it and you start saying, declaring and say, yes, I will do this. Yes, I will walk in this. Yes, this is who I am. Yes, this is what I will do. Some things need to be apprehended by faith. Some things we need to get up and we need to fight for. Not everything just comes. Not everything just comes to those who are complacent. Nothing will come to those who are complacent. The prophetic word comes. We need to put action to our feet. We need to put action to our feet. And we need to go and do and prepare whether we're in that season or not. Galatians 5, 19, 20. Through 21. Now the works, we're just continuing to read here. I want to read the pre because you got to understand. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident. It's the works of the flesh and it's the fruit of the spirit. This is huge. It's the works of the flesh. When we do something in the flesh, we do it. The word works there in the Greek actually means works. And it means that we do it. Right? And then when we get to fruit, I, I'm not, I, I research all this stuff because it makes a difference. The word fruit, when we get there in the next slide, it actually means fruit. No, there's no mystery here, right? And so works are works and fruit is fruit. You can't work to get fruit. We'll get there. But the works are what we actually do. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. That's when you... Um, have sex outside of marriage. Fornication, that's when you have sex uh, without marriage. Uncleanness, which means unclean, really, uh, unpure, unholy. Lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It won't. But the fruit of the Spirit, fruit, fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Say crucified the flesh. With its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, Envying one another. Glory to God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The fruit, it's fruit. I've got this pear tree in my backyard. Can anyone guess what grows on my pear tree? No, not apples. That's wrong. Can anyone guess? Does anyone have an idea? It's a pear tree. It's a Bartlett pear, actually. What kind of fruit? <laughs> what kind of fruit? Pears. Oh, pears. Someone got it. Someone figured it out. It's a pear tree, and the fruit that appears are pears. Now, I have a patio that's positioned. It's probably the, the back end of the patio around the back of the fire pit comes up, and it's probably about six feet away. But the, the chair that I have outside where I drink my morning coffee is probably about 15 feet away. Now, the chickens that I told you about last week, they're about 75 feet away. They're much further away. And I can hear the chickens cackle. I can hear them. The, cro- the, 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 the hawk, yes, thank you, red-tailed hawk, he's several hundred feet away. And he goes off all, all day long. So I sit here in my prayer chair in the morning with my cup of coffee, and I pray to the Lord, and when the traffic 
dies down, it gets pretty quiet in my backyard. I can hear the chickens. I can hear the hawk. I can hear the blue jays and the, the um, cardinals and the finches and the wrens. We seem to have all of the birds. We don't have a bird feeder, but we have every bird. Like, they all come through my yard. Praise the Lord. It's great. But in the quiet moments, in between, I've never heard the pear tree make noise. The pear tree's not over there like, ooh, come on, yeah, we can do this, you can do this. He's not cheering himself on like, come on, come on, pears. He's not making noise like the hawk. He's not cackling like the chicken. None of that. It's not like the blue jay. It's none of that. The pear tree just sits there. Pears. There's a process. It's early in the spring. The little white flowers come out. And you see the bees buzzing around the flowers or the wind blows. They're getting pollinated. And then the flower petals fall off and you're left with those little racemes behind it. And then there's little teeny tiny tiny pears. And some of them fall off because they didn't get pollinated, but some of them remain and then as the summer goes on, they continue to grow, they continue to grow, and they continue to grow. And now they're about that big. They're not quite ready. I, one fell off yesterday, and I went over and I ate it. It was really hard, but it was still good. It was still good. And so they're about that big. They're not ready yet. They're not ready yet. But it, it's bearing fruit. Can I tell you a secret about bearing fruit? You will automatically bear fruit. It's a byproduct of being healthy. Bearing fruit is a byproduct of being healthy. Bearing fruit is a byproduct of being healthy. Matthew 12, 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings out evil things. What kind of fruit are you seeing in your life? What kind of fruit do you bear? Is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Or is it envy? and strife, and hatred. Oh, what's the fruit? What's the fruit? Just analyze the fruit. Just analyze the fruit. Just look at the fruit. What's the fruit saying? But there's good news. Luke 13. Luke 13. We're going to skip a slide. You're welcome. <laughs> he also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Sound familiar? What happened when Jesus did this? He cursed the fruit tree, and it died, right? A man came. This is a parable, though. This isn't the reality of Jesus walking up to the Temple Mount. He spoke a parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his garden. He came seeking fruit on it, and he found none. And he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I don't find any. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Wow. Wow. Cut it down, throw it in the fire. Why is it taking up space? <laughs> as the church, guys, whoo, as the church, we're not supposed to just be taking up space. Oh. <laughs> if you're taking up space, come on. All right. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here it comes. Why does it use up the ground? But the vineyard, the, the keeper of the vineyard answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, then after that, you can cut it down. If not, let me dig around it. Let me put in some work. Let me put in a little effort. Let me take and let me dig some of the soil out all the way around the tree, 
let me dig out the old soil, and I'll bring in some good soil, some new soil, and I'll put the good soil and the new soil up around the roots, and let me fertilize it. Let me put fertilizer on it, because, you know, trees need fertilizer. They can't grow without fertilizer. They won't bloom without fertilizer. They can't do it, and so we need the fertilizer. We need the good soil. We need the water. I'll water a little bit extra, and if it, bur- if it bears fruit, great, and if not, Then after that, you can cut it down. John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, if, if, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. If, 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 are we abiding? Are we abiding? Are we walking with Jesus? What does it look like to walk with Jesus? Are we doing it day by day by day? Are we doing it minute by minute by minute? Are we walking with Jesus? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a, a volunteer come up. Pedro, if you could join me. What does it look like for us to walk with Jesus? Pedro's Jesus today. Let's give Jesus a hand. It's a handsome Jesus. It's my son-in-law, my son. Are we kissing this? Yeah, we're Brazilian. I used to be Italian, and now we're Brazilian. It's all good. And so we walk with Jesus, and it's arm in arm. How many of you remember when Earl Roundtree used to come? Walk with me, brother. Walk with me, brother. And I think he actually, like, held hands more than the arm in arm thing, but that's okay, because this is Jesus. I tied myself to him. I tied myself to him. I, I can't get away from him, and he can't get away from me. It's not possible. We're just, we're just on this journey. How many of you know that God's a God who likes to walk? Genesis chapter 3. And God came and he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. How many of you are walking with Jesus? Every day, day by day, God shows up. He wants to walk in the garden with Adam. He wants to walk in the garden with you. When was the last time you walked with Jesus? When was the last time you went and you took a walk just through the woods and said, Jesus, what are you speaking to me? Jesus, what do you want me to do today? Jesus, I just want to know your heart some more. There's a level of intimacy that we're supposed to be entering into and we're not entering into it. We're not entering into it. We're supposed to walk with Jesus. We're supposed to stay connected. We're supposed to be side by side the whole way, kind of like marriage. We're not supposed to be running out in front of Jesus I've seen this. You see these people. They're running out in front of Jesus. And they're like, they know they're gifting. They know they're calling. And they're like, I'm going to make it happen. Oh, I mean, that's tough. That's a tough place to be. There's, there's frustration there. There's loads of frustration when you're out in front of Jesus. There's battles. We talked about battles earlier. There's some battles up here that seem really, really long. That seem like you can't win. That's because you're too far out in front of Jesus. You're not walking arm in arm. It's not daily. You're not like hanging on him. Victory comes through intimacy. This is a place of striving. This is a place where we're doing it in our own strength. This is a place of limited success. What's God called you to? Has he called you to... uh, to, to, to speak, to preach, to heal, to, to serve, to help, to whatever. If you're out in front, you'll have very limited success. You'll see very little fruit from what you're doing. You can become disheartened here. You'll be like, ah, this isn't worth it. I'm not walking with Jesus anymore. Why? Because it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Because you weren't walking with Jesus. You were trying to pull him up. You can't pull Jesus. Where do you think you are? Thank you. Step up here. You can't be lagging behind. Jesus is up there, and I'm like, nah, you go ahead. I'll catch up. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, what? What did, you do? what did you say when you first got saved? Jesus, come into my heart. Live with me. Guide me. Lead me. Speak to me. Here, as we lag behind, we're dissatisfied. Nothing is good. Food doesn't taste good back here. 
Even the food doesn't taste good. That steak is miserable. Who cooked that? It had nothing to do with the cook. It had to do with the fact that you don't, you're not walking with Jesus. Food tastes better when we're with him. Amen. <laughs> it's a place of frustration. You can be frustrated up ahead. You can be frustrated here. This is a place of hopelessness and depression. This is a place of hopelessness and depression. Nothing's good. Nothing's going my way. Nothing works out for me. There's battles here too. You're lagging behind Jesus. Catch up. Catch up. This is a place, this is a place when we're lagging behind, this is a place where we find ourselves more, more open to sin in our life. We're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, so we're not getting the pleasures that we get when we walk with Jesus, and so then we try to substitute pleasures, and that leads to sin. No intimacy. There's no intimacy here. I'm not close enough to be intimate. Thank you, Pedro. Love you. Yeah, amen. When I walk in step with God, this is where the fruit comes. When I walk in step with God, when we're walking arm in arm, there's love there. There's peace there. There's patience there. There's kindness there. There's goodness there. There's gentleness there. There's self-control there. All of the fruits of the Spirit immediately become ours simply because we've chose to lock arms with Jesus and not let him go. I am Jacob wrestling with that angel or God or whoever it was that he wrestled with in the desert. Ask me. I am not going to let them go. I'm not letting Jesus go. Let, let it kill me, but I'm not letting Jesus go. There's no way I'm letting go of his arm. About, I don't know, a little while ago, one of the overseers in my life, and they were like, what, what do you, what's next? What do you want to do next? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I really feel like God's doing something, but I want to be sure. These were my words. I want to be sure that I don't get out ahead of him. And my overseer was like, wow, that's really, really wise. I, don't want, I want to be sure that I don't get out in front of him, because if I get out in front of him, then I have to do it on my own, and I can't do that especially with where I know that the Lord is taking me, and especially with where that I know that the Lord is taking us, where I know that the Lord is taking this church. I can't afford to be out in front of him because I can't do the things that he's going to do on my own. It's impossible. It's the miraculous, and that means I have no part in it other than to say, here you go. Jesus gave it to me. I'm giving it to you. I'm just, a, I'm just a messenger. I'm just a current. It just flows through me. I'm garden hose. Just a garden hose and just a little dirty rubber garden hose. Clean. Clean because of the word that he had spoken into me. When you're walking with Jesus, things happen with no effort. It's like I'm not even trying. Trust me. I know, how, I, know, I know the striving. I know the working. I know the effort. But when you're walking with Jesus, things happen and you don't even try. You have to do. It's not that we don't do things. The, the results come, and we're like, wow, how did that happen? Wow, that's great. Wow, look at this. Look at what God's doing. When we walk in step with Jesus, our soul is satisfied. There's joy there. There's peace there. We're happy. You can't be better than being connected with Jesus, than walking with him. When your soul is satisfied, when your spirit is satisfied, your flesh automatically is going to become happy. It may, it may get healed, it may not, but you're going to be happy in your flesh. You're going to be joyous in your flesh because you're joyous in your spirit. The spirit has control over the flesh. The flesh doesn't have control over the spirit. They're at war with one another. But if we get the spirit healthy, the flesh will respond in kind. Things happen in God's timing. It's a place of miracles. Things happen in God's timing. It's a place of miracles. If you find yourself and you, and you feel like you're not walking with Jesus, you feel like you're not arm in arm, there's some things that you can do. If you're lagging behind, number one thing I'm going to tell you to do, find a place to serve. Find a place to serve. This is so simple. 
it, it's actually silly that we don't do it. If you can, if it's possible, find a place to serve where you're unnoticed, where nobody knows your name, where nobody knows that you're serving. Right? If you can find a place to serve like that, suddenly you're brought into, suddenly you're brought into this place where you're, you're walking with him more. You're walking with him more. Why? Because you're serving. You're serving God. You're serving alongside the other people of God, and there's connections there. You're engaging church, and when you engage church, you engage God. Yes, we have it in order. Engage God, engage church, engage culture, but it can flow backwards too. We can engage church, and then that'll roll back and help us to engage God more. As a matter of fact, if we spend too much time engaging God and we never move on to engaging church, we injure ourselves and we start to lose our engagement with God. And the only way to fix our engagement with God is to engage with church and then it reconnects us with God. What? Yes. And if you missed it, go back and listen to the tape. We've got to keep going. <laughs> Find a place to serve unnoticed if possible. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Stay faithful. Be obedient. Do what God has told you to do. One of the greatest problems that we have as uh, non-denominational, or we could say Pentecostal Christians, right? one of the biggest problems we have being in the group that we're in is that we just lack obedience. Yep. I'm at the front of the line. I told you how many times that I didn't run. Right? God told me it was a... It wasn't an audible word. It wasn't like thunderclap, but it was this word that God spoke to me. I've gotten not a lot of these. And so you would think that it would be high priority and that I would do it like every single day because that's what he said, do it every single day. Well, my success rate has been less than stellar. So he spoke something for me to do and I didn't do it. And guess what? My health suffered. And so now I'm a little bit better at doing it and the fruit is there. Praise the Lord. But oftentimes, oftentimes, we know what we should do. I know I'm speaking to a few of you. You guys are getting quiet on me now. You guys were really happy when I was telling jokes and stuff. <laughs> you know what God has told you to do. You know what you should do. You're like, yeah, but I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. Those weights are heavy. My legs hurt when I run. I'd rather not. your choice so is your choice jesus says this is what i'm doing and this is what i want you to do we're going to walk arm in arm we're going to be like no thanks he won't make you it's our choice stay faithful stay obedient i spoke about the prophetic words begin to prepare for what you know is coming what's coming in your life i told the story uh Early on, I knew that I was going to preach. I didn't know uh, exactly how much. I, I believed I, a, a new prophetic word came. Two or three years later, I knew that I was going to be employed at the church. Figured I'd be a pastor. Didn't know that I'd be a, a senior pastor. That maybe later that came. But I knew that this was what God had called me to do. And so what did I do? I immediately began to read and memorize scripture. Immediately. Day one. Day one, I got saved. Six months later, I went to college. When I went to college, scriptures were all over my wall. I'm going to memorize scripture. Everywhere I go, I've got scripture up because I want to read it. I want to memorize it. I want to put it in my heart. I want to put it in my heart that I know that when, when trouble comes, when trials come, I respond through the scripture. I don't react in the flesh. I respond from the scriptures. And so I did this all for, for 30 years. I've been Pour in scripture into my heart. Get it in there. Pour it in. Get it in. How much can I get in? How much more can I get in? I don't even care if, I'm at the point where I don't even care if I remember it anymore. I'm just going to keep reading it. And I'm just going to keep reading it. I'm just going to keep reading it. Because I've come to the understanding that even if I don't remember what I ate for lunch last week, it nourishes my physical body. And even if I don't remember what I read in the Word yesterday, it nourished my spiritual body. And my spiritual body needs nourishment as much as my physical body needs nourishment. So you better be reading your word three times a day. We eat three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks in between, coffee break and three o'clock break, and then a little bedtime snack. Six meals for me. 
Come on. How much are we reading the word? This is the bread of life. And we're starving because we haven't partaken. It's good stuff. Come on, preaching. Let's go. Glory to God. Amen. Nope, that's the wrong button. Any second. Glory. 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 The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, (laughs) here we go, is the greatest of, I don't know if it's the greatest. Love is, I, I believe it's the most important. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So, yes, love is the greatest. Love is the most powerful thing that we can do. It's the most powerful thing that we can do. Love is powerful. And we are called as Christians to love one another. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Love, 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 love. And when you don't know what to do, love. And so oftentimes we're unsure what love looks like. We're unsure how to love. We're unsure about love. Ephesians chapter, nope, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this. It says, love suffers long or is patient and is kind. This is describing every aspect of what love actually looks like. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. That's tough. That's hard. Haven't figured that one out yet. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love does not rejoice in sin. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. And the last, in in verse 8, it says, love never fails. To which my daughter replied, well, you can take boasting off the list. (laughs) This is a scorecard for love. Insert your name. Is it true? Matthew is patient. Matthew is kind. Matthew does not envy. Matthew does not parade himself or boast. Matthew is not puffed up. Matthew does not behave rudely. Matthew does not seek his own. Put your name in there. Are those things true about you? This is how you're doing on love. This is a scorecard. You can grade yourself on your, on your outpouring of love. Check it out. I did this with the kids. We were on vacation, and I, I read through the scripture, and then I told them, you know, it's a scorecard. This is from Crazy Love by Francis Chan. I told them, this is a scorecard of love. You know, take your name, put your name in there. And then I did the same thing. I read, my, read through and read through with my name. And the, like I said, verse 8 says, never fails, love never fails. And I'm like, Matthew never fails. And my daughter's like, you can take boasting off the list. <laughs> Didn't even, not even a second. I'm like, yes, my children keeping me honest. This is the scorecard of love. Are you loving? When I was a kid, my mom used to say, uh, my father was absent when they handed out patience in heaven. This was what she said. She said it regularly. She said it often. I'm like, oh, he missed the line. Later I read and found out that she was joking and that you actually get patience from the fruit of the spirit. You get patience from communing with God from walking with God, from having the Spirit of God in your life. My father is a much more patient man now than he was back when I was a kid. When you lack any of these expressions of love, we can get love by simply spending more time with God. Spending more time with God. One of my favorite ways to to spend time with God is to take walks in the woods. I love going hiking I love going by myself. 
uh, I go with family, I go with friends, I go with everyone that'll go, but I love to go by myself, solo hike, and just me and Jesus. And as I'm walking through the woods, as I'm walking down the trail, as I'm walking up the mountain or down the mountain or past the lake or whatever it is, wherever I am, just thanking Jesus for, for his creation, thanking him for the breath in my lungs, thanking him for my ability to be able to do the hike, wherever it is, no matter the, the, the difficulty level, whether it's flat trail or high peaks, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just communing with him, thanking him, spending time with him, fellowshipping with him, just to be in his presence, just to be in his presence, just to be in his presence. Have you come to this place where the presence of God is a priority in your life and, you're, and you make special time for you and the Lord? We need to make special time for us and the Lord. And you know, different people do it at all different points of the day. Some people do it better at night, right before they go to bed. Some people are better first thing in the morning when they get up before the cares of the world start to get on them. That's me before my mind starts racing about everything that I have to do. Coffee time in the morning with Jesus. Sometimes it's long walks through the woods. Sometimes it can be on, the, on a drive. I've fellowshiped often with the Lord while I was watering plants at the nursery I fellowship with the Lord now as I garden or as I mow my lawn, as I'm doing something that's a really more of a mindless task. And I just spend time with Jesus. I pray to him and I ask him about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I ask him, Lord, is there anything that you want me to change in my life? God, is there anything that you want me to do? God, is there anybody that you want me to call? Is there anything, no, no bets, nothing's, nothing's off, nothing's hidden. Let's get real. Jesus, I want to be real with you. I give you everything. I lay it all down. God, speak, 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 speak. Talk to me. Call so-and-so. Go see so-and-so. Do this, do that. Go mow this person's grass, whatever. Okay. Jesus. There's many here, and you're lagging behind. It's not huge. It's not lagging behind to the point where it's leading to sin, but you're lagging behind a little. Jesus has begun to, the Holy Spirit has begun to prompt you to do certain things. You haven't been obedient, and you're in good company. Remember, the Holy Spirit, God spoke to me and said, run, and I didn't do it. God's, God's re-inviting you, and he's saying, hey, Remember, I said that I said this, and I wanted you to do that. So, can you come and can you come and do it now? It's it's a gentle invitation. It's not a stern rebuke. But God's saying, "Hey, come on, come on." And I really feel I felt this in my spirit during worship that people are being called forward. People are being called forward. You may be serving in the background. God's pulling you forward, and he's pulling you into the light. There are some of you who have served for years in the background. Nobody knows your name. Nobody knows that you even serve. Some people don't even know that you're part of the church. And God's pulling you forward. He wants you to be, he says, you've been faithful with a little. I'm giving you a little bit more. You're going to be in a place where you're going to be a little bit more prominent. You're going to be in a place where you're a little bit more seen. Because there's, there's, there's God moves people forward. It, it, there's increase of responsibility with the Lord. And so God is moving. God is inviting all of us. If you are here and you know that God wants you to do something and you don't know what to do, just grab your card. I have my pens in my jacket. Grab your card, put it in front of you. You're sitting down and take your pen and close your eyes and just go. Perfect. I'm doing maintenance. I've said it before, and we say it about, we say it about uh, moving in the Holy Spirit, but it's true with serving. If you're standing still, I can't steer the ship. I can't steer the ship. If you're standing still, you're not going to be able to, I can flip the rudder all I want, and nobody's going anywhere. But if I just start to make a little forward motion and I flip the rudder, suddenly the ship's going to turn around. I'm going to go anywhere as the rudder tells me to go. 
And the same thing's true. It, it's true with the Holy Spirit. When you begin to move with the Holy Spirit, suddenly the rudder takes control and God does what he does. And he points you in the direction that he wants you to go. Well, the same thing's true for serving. Once you start serving, the rudder's here and we're like, hey, look at this. Watch. Woo, figure eight. Ha, this is fun. And we can get you where, you where you serve best, but as long as you stand stationary, we can't do anything. You can't do anything. You fall behind. You're falling further behind. We're falling further behind. There's so much more to say about love. There's no time today. I'll revisit it at some point. Love, love, love. Love is the answer. Love is all we need. Love is the key. Yes, all of these songs, they're all true. Love is the greatest. God is love. It means everything that he does is loving. Mercy and compassion are, mercy and grace are expressions of God's love. He extends mercy because he loves. He gives us grace because he loves. He gives us mercy and grace because he loves. It's his love. It's his love. And we're called to enter into that same element we're called to love the way that he loves. We're called to imitate his love on the earth for others. This is what God wants us to do. And why can we do it? We can love others because he's loved us. And the amount that we get God's love in our heart is the amount that we can pour out our, God's love and the love that we have on others. And if we refuse the love from God, then we have no love to give anyone else. And so we have to open ourselves up to the love that God gives. It's always flowing. It's always changing us from glory to glory. The love of God is always impacting us. And we have to make ourselves available through that secret place in order to be able to receive the love. Now, you can receive here in worship on a Sunday. You can receive here even as I'm preaching. And I believe that there is anointing going out right now for you to be able to receive the love of God. But I'm telling you right now that... Two hours on a Sunday, hour and a half on a Sunday is not enough time. It's not enough time. You need this 24-7 and you're barely getting 90 minutes a week. Jesus, more love, more love, more love, more love, more love, more love, more love. Glory to God. Jesus said, greater, greater love has no one than this, than that he would lay down his life for his friends. He said this right before he went to the cross. John 15. And so one of the greatest expressions of love that we will ever see, the greatest moment of love in the history of humanity was the cross. 10,000 times 10,000 years from now, as we stand in eternity and we look back through history, the cross will remain always the greatest moment of outpouring of love in the history of humanity. It's it. It's it. It's the pinnacle. When God himself came down, died for us on the cross while we were his enemies, poured out his blood for us, that was love. That was love like we, we don't know. We still... Grasp, we still struggle to grasp the understanding of the love of God that was displayed at the cross. Every drop of blood poured out for you and for me. The weight of the sin taken upon him. This is the love of God. This is the love of God. Jesus also says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. My commandments, the commandments are God, are given because he loves us. I love my kids. And when my kids were little, I said, hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't touch the stove. It's all because I love them. You can't go in the pool unsupervised until they were old enough. You can't X, Y, Z. You can't stay out late. You can't whatever. Fill in the blank. You have kids, you know. You don't have kids. You were a kid. You had rules. Your parents gave you rules. Everyone has some kind of thing like that. The rules of God are here to protect our life. They're there because God loves us. And when we disobey and we suffer consequences, the discipline of God comes because he loves us too. Yeah. 
It's all love. We get angry. We're like, oh. No, it's the love of God. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. I want to pray for you. I want to, we'll, we'll take communion. And as we take communion today, you know, I know a lot of times, I know when, whenever we do this, we read that scripture out of 1 Corinthians 11, and it's a great scripture. But today as we take communion, I really just want to focus on love. I really just want to focus on love. Because if we could just grasp, if we could just grasp the love of God, it would revolutionize our life. If we could simply grasp the love of God, and I'll even throw out a a percentage here, two, one percent more, two percent more, three percent more. If we could just increase, I'm not talking like, you know, double, although that'd be fantastic. I mean, if you doubled the love of God that you received from God, I wouldn't know you. I'd be like, wait, where's Trish? Because you're not Trish. You're different. It would change you. You're not the same when the love of God encounters you. You are changed. You're transformed. Where's the caterpillar? I'm seeing a butterfly. It's a transformation process. This is what the love of God does. He comes and he changes us from glory to glory. We go from the caterpillar to the butterfly to the eagle to the lion. I thought you were a caterpillar. How'd you get to be a lion? Stop. This is the love of God. This is what the love of God does. It transforms us. Everything that you lack, it can all be made up for. It can all be made up for. Jesus came. Last supper, he sat with his disciples. And he took the bread. And he said, this bread is a new covenant that I make with you. This bread is my flesh. This is the new covenant that I make with you. Whenever you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread, remember our walk. Whenever you eat this bread, stop for a minute and just think about where you are in this walking relationship. Are you arm in arm? Is it arm in arm with Jesus? Are you out ahead? Are you striving? Are you trying to do things that he's not ready to release in your life yet? Are you lagging behind? Are you, are you just like, nah, I'm not taking part in that when God's actually calling you to those things? Are you walking arm in arm? Is there peace there? Is there love there? Is there joy there? Is there expressions of the, the love of God that you, you've never known before there? As we walk with him in the quiet place, in the secret place, day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, as we walk with him, he renews our hearts. He renews our mind. He renews who we are. He changes us from glory to glory. He changes us into who we're called to be, what we're called to be. He does the work. We don't even have to do it. He does it. All we have to do is come ready and willing to yield, ready to spend time with him. It's in his presence. Jesus, we want to walk with you arm in arm. Jesus, we want to walk with you to to the next intimate level. We want the love of God to come into our life to a greater degree so that you can transform us into who you've called us to be, that you would transform us into your glory. We take the bread together. After supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me until I come. Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was poured out on the cross. 
We thank you that you've forgiven us of our sins. God, we come together this morning and we bring to remembrance where we've failed to obey you, Lord. Where we've failed to obey the still small voice. Where you've called us to do something and we have shrunk back. God, we ask for repentance. God, we repent and we ask for forgiveness. God, come and heal our hearts. God, come and give us the strength by your grace to obey. It's beautiful because Jesus gives us the strength to be able to obey and do what he's told us to do. God, give us the grace to obey and to do what you've called us to today. God, we give you our life. We lay it all down again. We say, come and have your way. God, we want to be servants of the Most High God. We want to do everything that you're speaking to us. We want to walk with you all throughout the day. God, speak. Your servants are listening. God, we thank you. We, we, we pray for forgiveness, Lord. We thank you for the blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you would just release love over us this morning. God, that you would just release love over our congregation this morning. God, that you would release love over each and every one of us this morning, that we could love the way you loved, that we could love the way that you love, God, without reason, without reservation, without hindrance, that we would love, 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 and love some more, that we would love those who don't deserve it, that we would love those who are our enemies, that we would love those who are against us, God, that we would love the way that Jesus loved, that love would be the overwhelming thing that people see when they see our life. God, let love rule and reign here at Redeeming Love. And God, as we love others, we pray that that love would redeem those who are far from you and bring them back. That that love, there, there's power right there, that, 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 that love that we release would redeem those who are far from you and it would bring them back. And it would bring them back. It would bring them back. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The redeeming love of God. The redeeming love of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much. You guys are wonderful. You're awesome. We're gonna receive the offering this morning.